This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Episode number 171, talking about spring training, talking about the World Baseball Classic with your co- with your hosts, me, Mark Luino, Draftneck Mark, James Shiano. We're going to talk about everything that's been going on. If you guys have not yet followed us on all our social media, make sure you do at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You'll be able to follow us there. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the Mets YouTube channel. You'll be able to watch the video version there. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe. James, haven't, well, actually I did see you recently. We had a friend's birthday, but we haven't done a formal episode on Zoom in a little bit. How you doing? Doing well, you know, still kind of feel like we're playing the catch up from being down in the PSL now almost almost yeah. two full weeks ago. And just we did that. We did a bit of a crazy weekend. We did we did board game night on Friday, which was super fun. And then we had our friend's birthday on Saturday. So, yeah, seeing each other a lot, but not no, talking yeah, about the Mets. Very uh, not Mets conversational with each other, which is perfect for you guys, because now you get to hear about it because there is a lot to talk about. And I feel like the first thing I want to talk about, at least, is is the young guys, Ronnie Mauricio, Brett Beatty. Mark Vientos. They've been playing unbelievably well in spring training, doing a lot of things that are, you know, super encouraging, super exciting to see for their young development, and hopefully to maybe make an impact for this team at some point this year. Definitely. That trio that you mentioned have been just the entire story of Mets camp, the entire story. Like, they're one of the biggest stories even, like, nationally right now, going through all spring training. The fact that these three prospects are here together spent a lot of time in the minors together, more so Bailey and Vientos than Mauricio, but everyone has spent time in certain teams together. And all three of them are doing things that are really unique and like special to their own growth as players. And just start with, I feel like the guy who's been the most surprising just because of where he came in versus where he is now is Ronnie Mauricio with three just mammoth tanks so far, three big bombs. He's rocking three, 380, 430, 1100 slash line, which is obscene. Of course, only 14 played appearances, but he just looks like he like, kind of just belongs on the field he looks really really confident i mean we we saw him play in brooklyn when we interviewed him uh back before we were with the mets massive human being he looks like he got even bigger looks like he got even stronger he's playing shortstop he's also talked about maybe playing even a little bit of third base that he's willing to move positions which is actually something a little bit different than when we spoke to him in brooklyn we're like what position do you play he was like i'm a shortstop spoke to or we didn't speak to him now but he's been speaking to the reporters in the media and he's talking about he's he's looking to move positions if that means he's going to be able to play and if you keep swinging like this, I mean, you're going to have to find a spot for this bat because they're not just they're not just home runs. They're not wall scrapers. They're not Yankee Stadium home runs. He's hitting them 450 feet, and they're making a different noise off the bat. I've been super excited about this because ever since we saw Ronnie Mauricio take BP that one time, I've been I've been in. I'm a huge guy. I'm like, oh, I've see, I see you hit BP. You hit the ball differently. He's a part of that group, and I'm really glad that he seems to be taking this step forward. Maybe the Dominican Winter League really helped him. He what won the MVP out there, right, with the Tigres de Lisey. Uh, he's yeah. just his development has looked really good for a guy who I think outside of maybe the Mets organization, a lot of people have lost track of because he's not really sticking on MLB Pipeline or Baseball America or any of those top 100 prospects lists. But he's still what 21 years old, and to be able to do this, 22, okay, 22, to be able to do this. 
I mean, it, I think it's opening eyes again back to the talent of Ronnie Mauricio. I think he kind of just became like a pro, like like a casualty of like the prospect system because Ronnie was like so notable when he was like seventeen, just because he was six foot four, and you could like see the power developing. So that's what got him into like those top thirties, top twenties, and lists like in 2019, 2020 times. And then he just kind of developed normally, like didn't make that massive jump, didn't have like that crazy run in low A where like, all right, this guy's now a top five prospect. So he kind of just kind of got washed totally away because he didn't get better, obviously. But now he's just like had his time develop. He's still been young for every level he's played at. And he's clearly made actual improvements. I want to shout out someone I'm good, like friendly with, Chris Clegg on Twitter, does incredible prospect work. He has been going through like pitch by pitch data for a lot of the prospects as spring training. And the most important thing for Ronnie Mauricio forever, we've talked about it at, at length on this podcast, yeah. is play discipline. Being able to be patient. Well, it's either kind of the combination when you get to this point of a player. And you look at like guys like Tim Anderson, who you just become so actively aggressive, like you have such a command of the strike zone that you can hit everything and the hit tool overrides and it wins. That's happening with Ahmed Rosario now, former Met who's out in Cleveland. That happens with, who's another guy who just hits I mean, everything like that? hits everything like that and the guys would like the 10 guys would like the 15 percent k rate and the five percent walk rate, yeah like i those mean those kinds of guys you know what i mean because the other option from there is like you get that walk rate up but those are both two avenues forward and 14 played appearances this spring ronnie's got only one walk and one strike yes we saw that walk i was i freaked out for that walk i lost my mind but 14 played burns one walk one strike and again shout out chris clay he's been tracking pitch by pitch his chase rate and his whiff rate have also both gone down from where he sat last year in double a I think they say I forget the numbers now, but I don't want to say it. But he said they both gone down noticeably, and you can check out Chris's Substack and get more information on that. But that like the bombs are great, but we kind of knew the power was there. Those facts about his plate discipline change the expectations of Ryan Mauricio and actually make me think he can contribute to major league. hundred percent. Like I don't I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know how he's going to do it. And honestly, there's a very good chance he might not because he still is 22 years old, and there's a log jam right now of guys that play similar ish positions in front of him. But, I mean, if you're talking about, like, technically a backup shortstop, there isn't really that guy right now for the Mets. And just the fact that we've been saying, what does this team need? Oh, they could really use, you know, another power bat. Okay. Well, here's a guy who can actually play a premium position and is a power bat. Like, that's kind of a unicorn for this Mets roster. And he could it, – it's definitely no. not going to happen for opening day. So, people are talking about that. There's 0.0% chance of that. He just is going to put himself in position, though, in an organization right now that does lack shortstop depth, like you just said, to give himself a shot to be in the mix at some point, possibly, which is way more than I would have said about oh, 100%, 100%. I think he's changed a lot of people's opinions. And I think, you know, talking about maybe making the opening day roster or being someone who can make an impact immediately at the start of the season, Brett Beatty, who is also tearing the cover off the ball. Eight for 17. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, it doesn't feel like eight for 17. It feels like he's like 10 for 11. Like it feels like he doesn't get out when he gets to the plate in spring training right now. He's got a home run. He's got a double. He's been taking the ball opposite field. Struck out four times one walk as well, but he's just, I mean, we've seen him hit now for a little bit longer than, you know, some of these other prospects. He's super comfortable at the plate. He seems to have an idea of what the strike zone looks like. And he hits the ball to all fields with power. Like there's nothing not to like about Brett, about Brett Beatty's game. Yeah. If anyone out there plays in a dynasty fantasy baseball league, I would definitely do what I could to acquire Brett Beatty right now. If anyone, I know, I know Mark marks in the yeah. marks in the card game. No. If anyone has a look, has, is looking my at them. Cards. Those are my cards. What? They can't buy them. I'm buying all the Brett Beatty <laughs> cards. No one buy the Brett Beatty cards. Cause they're at a fantastic deal right now. And it's just the way that he's hitting is as long as he gets the playing time at the major league level, you're going to be putting him in the rookie of the year conversation for sure. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 all right, I'm not going to say it. 
he i think a lot of people realized that brett Bailey was this big like because he's just a large human like he's 6'3 over 200 pounds probably probably pushing like 220 230 now at this point he's got those he's very strong very strong young man so it was always like the power that popped off people always talked about his batting practices how impressive his exit velocities were this and that but what we're seeing in spring training is something that i think was like the absolute key part of his development to becoming like just a good player it's a potential being an all-star type player and that's the hit tool and it was graded like between 45 and 50 and lb pipeline fan graphs uh baseball america all the places and now the fact that we're just seeing him face major league pitching on a regular basis waste good breaking balls contend with velocity and at put the ball in play consistently in advantageous ways like i think he's i think he's really really good and we've been on that level forever so we second he came up last year as we know we we were yeah. so happy when he came up last year we were so excited we had to we, bro. He's just, he's awesome. He does so many things well in the baseball field. He, the defense is still a work in progress for sure. I think he yeah. had a, an error or two so far in the spring, but that's not, I mean, to be honest, like that's not really at all no. what I care about. Like He is crushing the ball. He's putting it to all fields. He's doing everything possible. And I'm so confident in what he can do really on the baseball hard, field starting now. Really hard to teach someone how to hit. A lot easier to teach someone how to field. Austin Riley should be the big example of a guy who couldn't field at all. He was always a good hitter. And then he started to figure out how to play a little third base. And you're like, oh, one of the better hitters in all of baseball, one of the better players playing third base now for the Atlanta Braves. The thing that used to be a problem is now a strong positive. So, yeah, Brett Beatty, definitely some defensive improvements for sure. But at the plate, dude's been money. And I guess the third guy to talk about of this trio, Mark Vientos as well, seven for 23, two homers, two doubles, eight strikeouts. But that just kind of seems like the MO for Mark Vientos is he's going to be a big power guy with strikeouts. And, and, and that's not anything we haven't seen before. That's kind of how it works, it feels like, in baseball a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. And again, you just you just mentioned the guy Austin Riley. Austin Riley's guy struck out way too much when he first came up, and then he just stopped doing that. So that's always a possibility. Vientos, though, it's just kind of we're we're now we're like very, it's much more in our faces about the player that he is, the player that a lot of people have known he is. Now a lot of people are getting to know him a little bit better. Crazy power when he connects, it goes a very long way. But he's going to swing and miss a lot, and he also kind of just lacks a defensive home. We've seen mixing in some first base, some third base so far this spring. That's kind of going to be where he lives on the corners. But again, there's something about Vientos that is still kind of making me think he needs more time is that he still isn't really tapping into the pull power. We, we me and you crunched the numbers the other day when we were just hanging out on discord that Vientos, even if you looked at what he was doing in the minor leagues last year, he was pulling the ball about league average, just hair less than league average, but he was hitting the ball opposite field way more than league average. And while that's like a tenement of hitting, that's like an you know, old school baseball, be able to drive the ball the other way. It, it, right now you really want to be able to pull the ball as hard as you can because that's that that's the shortest distance to get out of the ballpark is the best way to get backspin in your hits that's where you want to hit the baseball and vientos has this crazy power and he's able to get out to the opposite field spring training triple a it's amazing but i do doubt especially seeing the way some high power prospects like andrew vaughn spencer torkelson come up in the last few years it's much more difficult to do that once you get to the major leagues you see crazy breaking balls you see major velocity so what Vientos doing is super cool and super impressive. We still want to be able to get tap into that pull stuff more. Maybe strike out a little He's been bit playing else. a lot of first base too, which is interesting as a guy who came up as third baseman, got a little corner outfield time too last year, uh, playing a lot of first base in spring training. Something to keep an eye out for. I mean, you know, that that right-handed bat platoon of the DH is, is a big, you know, conversation point right now. I think Darren Ruff's playing in his first spring training game as we speak when we're recording this. He seems like the guy who could be taking that spot right now. Vientos is a name. Alvarez is a name that's been thrown around. It's probably going to be someone who wins it out of camp. Just continue playing well and see where it goes. Vientos will be on the Major League roster at some point during the season, though, without a doubt. And the power is legit, that's for sure. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's really just amazing to see all of these guys interacting with each other, interacting with the veterans. Everyone seems to be... just Also, again, we didn't even like recap the yeah. fact that we were there. We haven't really even fair, talked to yeah. guys since that. It's just the cohesive... The cohesiveness of this roster was really apparent and being able to see these guys do the work in the front field, do the work in the backfield, hang out, walk and talk together, play music, razz each other. Like that's a beautiful thing as podcasters and podcasters second fans. I first, guess, I guess I this say. is technically our first episode since we've came back from Port St. Louis that we're actually recording. The one that we recorded there really threw me off because we just talked about everything. And I feel like those were all the main stories. And yeah. now that we have games and stats, I like, I want to talk about that and to continue on these stats. The, the two big bats in this lineup, Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, not going to be playing in spring training until they're done with the World Baseball Classic right now. But in the seven, eight games that they both played, both been just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Pete's got three home runs. Lindor's got two. They both have like their OPS and 20 at-bats, you know, over 1,000, which take that for what it is. It's all with a grain of salt. But you're seeing them both get on base. They're both walking, both putting the ball in play. I also saw a fun stat, too. Uh, I think it was by Danny Vietti, who is a CBS Sports Writer, I believe he talked about um, the slowest time to get ready in the box. Mets had four of the six slowest guys last year in baseball. Can you name them? Can yes, us. he's number one. Of course, yep, Pete. I think he was number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's gonna get a little more difficult. No, no, we're here. Yeah, I didn't think it was him. I just figured we we're talking about him. Um, I feel like it's not Nimmo. Nimmo is on there. Not McDonald's. Nimmo is Jeff. on there. You know, Nimmo was tied there? for fifth, and That's Jeff surprising. was tied for third. But Pete and Pete and Cannon really? are a clear two seconds above Jeff McNeil, who's tied yeah. for third. Well, Pete does yeah. check swing, check swing. So check swing, we've breath. seen them check swing, check swing, breath. Adjust breath. to the new the new game with the pitch clock and everything, just as everyone else is in Major League Baseball. We've seen Pete sprint in, and he still like goes through his whole thing before there. He wants to make sure he has time, and he's still playing really well with all these new changes, which you love to see. He's tearing the cover off the ball, Lindor too. Like their swings just look so good; they look so ready. They're going to look great in the World Baseball Classic. That's for sure, too. Um, I'm like oozing with excitement for Francisco Lindor this year. We, You guys listen to the interview we did with Carlos Beltran. If you haven't, go back and listen to it now. We've been saying it for very many years. This is just, it's so similar. The arcs these guys' careers are going to have in New York. And seeing the way that Lindor had the first season, then last year, everything came together. But even played like a month with a broken finger and then ended up playing most of the season with a, basically yeah. appendicitis, what it came out to look like being. And he still had his best offensive season since 2018. And he, he even, even though that season looked, looked a little bit better output wise, cause he scored 130 runs and he hit 38 home runs, which is just a function of the lineup, the place he played in and just like struck out a little bit less. His WRC plus was almost the same and his barrel rate was almost the same. So we're in a spot last year where Francisco Lindor, unlike the more predictive stats, not the predictive stat. WRC is not a predictive stat. But in terms of like barrel rate and being able to have his play discipline, looking like some of the best baseball he's ever played in his entire career. And now we're getting rid of the shift. He was shifted heavily last year. Appendix is cool. Appendix is cool. No, no finger issues yet. Knock on wood. 
and he just looks so freaking locked in. Like it's I, and like projections are hurting him right now because they're really waiting a lot of what happened 2020 and 2021. So the batting averages in his projection systems right now are in, in the 240s yeah. and 250s. When he hit 270 last year, we're playing a month with a broken finger. It, it, like if he hits less than 275 this year, I'll be surprised, honestly. And it looks like we're just gearing up for like something of an iconic season for him. And I'm incredibly excited. To I watch keep it. laughing every time they show like his numbers and Pete's numbers from last year because like I know the season ended poorly, it didn't end how we want. But like, just like looking at like twenty five and one hundred and seven from Lindor, uh, forty and one hundred and thirty from Pete. Like, it's just that middle of the order in terms of like run production. Like, drive. This is exactly why they're here. This is why they're getting paid to do what they're doing: driving in runs, hitting home runs, putting guys in situations to get even more runs scored. Like, it's one of the. It's it's going to sound weird because like there's so many good like three fours in baseball, but in terms of like producing runs, driving in runs, it's one of the better lineups in all of baseball. We talked about it last year. And to see them swinging as well as they have early has been fantastic. Now, to bring it on to the pitching side, we had the most interesting start by far of spring training, Kodai Senga. We actually got to see him pitch in a real game. We saw him, of course, pitch uh, while we were in Port St. Lucie during some inter-squad scrimmages, which was really cool. But we don't get numbers. We don't get stats. We don't get any of that, which would be cool. If the Mets ever want to give that to us, we'll take them. Uh, but we got to see him pitch against the Cardinals. First, you know, first start ever in the U.S. And there was definitely some butterflies for sure. Like he definitely had a little bit of trouble with command in the first inning. In the first inning, I think that's important to say because the second inning was much more clean. But the dude was throwing 98 miles an hour. I think he might have even touched 99. He was pretty much sitting 97. That, that to me, I saw the first pitch coming at 98 on that on that Cardinals broadcast. I was like, oh baby, oh baby, this is real. Let's go. Yeah, it felt very different to watch him as opposed to like having like looked up his like numbers and like try to scout him. Cause now you kind of saw like, oh, this guy is only cost $15 million. Like, holy crap. And we said this when he got signed in the offseason. We learned about his average fastball velocity from Japan. Like, there's nobody else in the league who makes less than $20 million annually starting pitchers that sit over 96 miles an hour. And he was sitting 97, 98 the other day, touched 99. And that fastball, we didn't have, for some reason, we didn't have movement stats on Kodai Senga. While every other pitcher who pitched that day in both teams had movement stats, like vertical and horizontal movement, it was ridiculous. I don't know how that happened, but we had spin. And spin, we don't know, spin doesn't mean as much when we don't know anything about movement, but his 2,300 RPMs on that 14 fastball have been the top 10 percentile of all fastballs oh, in the yeah. league last year, which, again, that's not perfect because we don't know how like the angle is spinning at, so we don't know if it actually has the hop. It didn't really look like it had the hop. You wanted a fastball that's going to miss bats, and his fastball didn't miss bats. But it was freezing hitters. It got six called strikes. I remember like watching it. It seemed like it caught a lot of hitters off guard because it really just gets on you quickly because it got catches really good zip. It was it was it was freaking really cool. Yeah, we to watch got to see him, the man. ghost fork too. I think he threw a disgusting one to Jordan Walker, which yeah, well, welcome to the big leagues. Also, Jordan Walker, he's really good. But I mean, that ghost fork he really threw really was good. unreal. Like that to me, I was like, oh oh, that's the pitch. That's the one that everyone's talking about. It makes yeah. a lot of sense because it just it literally disappeared. It was like fastball, fastball gone. You can't hit it. It was not. It was nuts. And we saw him kind of do something that we're noticing a lot of Mets pitchers do this spring, which is this is my best off-speed pitch, but he only threw three of them. And that swing and miss of Jordan Walker was the only one yeah. that actually got whiffed on. So it kind of feels like he was doing that to kind of like get after the kid. He was like, oh, we're both rookies. Let me <laughs> let me get you real quick. But what Kodai Sang was doing besides throwing that ghost fork, which is seemingly a pitch he's going to lean on a lot during the actual season, was introduce this sweeper. So we heard when he was coming over that he had a slider and might have had a little bit of a curveball. But we also know that he went to driveline over the winter this year before coming stateside. And the only, I think he also went with Shintaro Fujinami, the new Japanese pitcher who's yeah. on the A's. 
And the only other pitchers I remember who came over and immediately went to driveline was uh, the guy, you know, Otani, <laughs> who was pitching out in Anaheim. And he even wasn't that good year one. But it seems like this pitch is something that's going to be a weapon. Just to remind people about sweepers, it's kind of the new trendy breaking ball in the league. It's a breaking ball that kind of appears out of the hand like a curveball, but it winds up acting more like a slider. And like the, the funky baseball term is um, what's called? gyro has gyro spin, which means it's kind of like spin that makes it look different, but we're not going to bore you guys with all that crazy stuff. And really what happens is since it kind of supposed to look like a curveball, but it winds up moving like a slider, it's supposed to just make the hitters like not realize what's going on. And while it does get a lot of whiffs, it kind of is more of a pitch for soft contact. And in this game, Kodai got a lot of soft contact with it. Five swings, four balls in play. Only one of them was only 95 miles an hour, and it was 97. So when you get contact like that, it's not really going to hurt you. And it seems like that was a big deal for this pitch because he has the fastball. He has the ghost fork, which is getting the whiffs. He needed that third weapon that could be like you can get hitters out. And this pitch is not really great against opposite side hitters because, as you can tell, it's like similar to you're not really going to throw that many sliders unless you're David Peterson have nasty back foot boys. you a pitch that's a little bit slower is not going to be as advantageous against lefties, but the ghost fork is because it drops straight down. So this is kind of a great weapon for him against righties just to make things more difficult. And again, we don't have the movement on it, but they got five swings, got one whiff, only one hard hit ball. He needed the third pitch, and it looks like he yeah, already Yeah, there were some, some good signs. Like you saw some – it had some success too. Like it was a little all over the place, more so again in the first inning. Uh, he hung one up and in. Like this pitch is going to be a work in progress for sure. Like the, the two best pitches are definitely that ghost fork and fastball. But as you've mentioned, having a third pitch is huge, especially when those other two pitches look like they can be very, very solid. And at least with the fastball, getting that that velo, which is so big. So super, super exciting things coming from Kodai Senga's first start. Can't wait to see his next one. Talking about some other pitchers around the Mets, I think we should address the injury that has happened, unfortunately, with uh, Jose Quintana. Went down with a fracture, a small ribbit fracture, I believe. Uh, there's no timeline just yet. Mm-hmm. I think he went back to New York for imaging, is what they said. He did, but if you uh, saw Anthony DeComo's tweet, his flight actually today got canceled. So we were going to have to wait for him to okay. get back and actually get testing on it. And Buck was like, <laughs> Buck was like, I'm still hoping for good news. But this is definitely going to test the Mets' depth a little bit more early. And we've been, we've been saying all offseason, like, David Peterson, Tyler McGill, they're going to have big roles in this team, and now it's just going to happen a little bit sooner than we would have thought. Anyway, Peterson had a quote today. Someone, I think someone either Healy or, I don't know, one of the guys asked him about, about Quintana's injury, and he was like, those five guys making 30 starts each is highly unlikely. At some point, something's going to happen, and we saw it last year. You see it every year. I'm excited to come yeah. in and do my work. And we're going to have an interview coming out with David Peterson probably early next week, and you guys are going to hear this being echoed, the kind of the exact same sentiment. He's just ready to do anything team needs him to do, and I mean, hopefully we do get good news on Quintana because we, he was brought in here to be a workhorse and it would it would really stink if he's not able to, you know, to, to work. And it was an oblique. Thank God it was an oblique. I think a stress fracture might be better than an oblique because just let the bone heal. That's okay. That happens. Unless it was, I don't know anything about, about the sides, but maybe an oblique made the, fr- the stress fracture. Usually that's a fracture from stress, but I was relieved not knowing anything medically that it was not oblique. You know, I mean, I, I think that's, I don't know. Again, we're not doctors, so I won't necessarily make a, uh, a call. There's no, there's no timetable, so we hope. Yeah, hope okay. he's okay. Obviously, we we want him to be a part of this rotation. It helps the Mets to have him be a part of this rotation because the depth gets even bigger and longer, and he he eats innings for sure. But to talk about a guy like Peterson, uh, like you mentioned that interview, a lot of good baseball talk in that one. So if you guys are looking for that, uh, I think interviews are going to start pushing out on Friday. I think this Friday we're going to drop William Woods and uh, Dan Vogel back, which will be really cool. Uh, great conversations with both of them. But the back to Peterson, I, he just. He's a guy that 
I've been, we've been talking about, I shouldn't say I, we've both been talking about just how important he could be to this team and to see him kind of just get thrown right into it now. Um, I, I feel confident. I feel so confident. He did so many good things last year that I, I have all the confidence in the world that David Peterson could be a really good starter in this league, not a guy who just needs to fill in. No, for sure. We've been on that train again, like forever. And I think that there was a, there's a lot. David Peterson's had a couple cool highlights this spring, especially that like yeah, jump yeah. throw from the pitcher's mound. That's way better than anyone who's ever played in New York ever doing anything like that. And he's also just been able to mix in, you know, mix in the off speed stuff, throw his fastball. Looked like he had a little more velocity in his first start. And there was something he did in his last start before he got hit in that comeback around his foot and people scared people. But I think he is okay now. That really just echoes home exactly the kind of player he is, exactly the kind of player he wants to be. And a lot of what you guys will hear in that interview. And he just he just came out there that game on Saturday against the Marlins and just he dropped seven curveballs yeah. in two innings. David Peterson's entire career, entire career in the major leagues, only thrown more than seven curveballs <laughs> twice, and they both happened last summer one one game in May, one game in June. And then you kind of connect some like connect some dots, some context clues. You've heard Tyler McGill talk about working with Max Scherzer trying to do curveball stuff. You've heard Max and Justin be like, "Yeah, we want to really instill our wisdom to all these guys." And those guys have their curveballs as kind of like show me pitches and they use them effectively in that way. You kind of pick up those tricks when you're one of the best pitchers of a generation and you pitch in the league for 20 years where I can drop this curveball on you for a strike and you won't even know it's coming. And Peterson very clearly is doing a lot of work to make this pitch usable for him. And there was like an amazing sequence that oh, yeah. just happened in the fifth inning of this random spring training game that is probably lost on some, but this is one thing I was like, oh my God. This is why you come to the really Mets podcast it. for this and, right here. <laughs> yeah. So... Two outs, nobody on. Nick Fortes at the plate. So Met killers. You got to be careful. With, you got to be careful with Nick Fortes. Starting the at bat, two out, nobody on. Respect Nick Fortes. David Peterson tries to drop a curveball on him. This pitch completely sailed through the other's batter's box. It was an absolute. It was. It was nothing. It looked. I don't even know. It was. <laughs> it was like Mitchell Robinson shooting a three for all my Knicks fans out there. It wasn't even close. It was going to be nowhere. It's like RJ Barrett shooting a three when he has no legs. And at one zero now, David Peterson comes back to the set. And he drops the same exact curveball, Nick Fortes, and drops a dime right at his knees on the inner half. And it was like that right there is like, okay, I'm working on something. It didn't work, and I'm going to try it again. And it did work. And he ended up actually ended up getting squeezed on the call. He definitely caught he definitely caught knees on it, but the ump called to the ball probably because the first pitch was so yeah. bad. But that persistence and that like commitment to like doing something I want to do, that's what spring training is all about. And that's kind of what David Pearson's all about too. And seeing that, understanding that, watching that. It makes me really yeah, super excited, excited to see what he can do this year. He was he he had some big big starts for us last year. He was really important to the team's success. Like you kind of forget because you have big names on that roster. But David Peterson could be like I mean I think we did this video right before we joined the Mets last year about how we thought Tyler McGill was going to be like an X factor for the team. David David Peterson I think is joining that too. Like he could be a huge huge part of this team and he should be he should be he's really good. And we should kind of give some flowers to McGill because he has oh, yeah. made some appearances in the spring. He looks healthy. The, the fastball's popping. Like he was at X Factor last year until yeah. he got injured, and that gave Peterson the opportunity. And if like he he was pitching great until he went down. One of his last starts was like his his share of yeah. the combined no hitter, where he threw five and two thirds against an incredible Phillies lineup and gave up no hits. So really good. Tyler McGill still has an opportunity. Shut down the Nationals opening day last year out from the grace of guy just came out of nowhere. So. The fact that we have both these guys and they're both actively trying to get better. You're going to hear from Tyler McGill too, probably next week, maybe the week after. Maybe we put those interviews together. Who knows? Just put the two Mets young bucks together. We got a lot of good things going on right now. Everyone's been talking about the fact the Mets haven't really been able to develop a pitcher in a, in a, in a little while now since, you know, since that faithful group from five or seven years ago, which feels crazy. These are two guys who are going to be useful, going to be important. And again, health withstanding could be incredibly 
incredibly valuable piece 100%. of percent And I mean, even like on the bullpen side, there's been, we've had some really good arms come through. We have a Drew Smith interview coming for you guys as well at some point. We talked to so many players. You're going to be here us talking, you know, pumping up these interviews for a while because that's what we did in spring training. We interviewed players. One guy we did interview, though, that I wish we did actually now that I thought about it, BMDO, Bryce Montes de Oca. It, dude's unreal. Me and you, I remember specifically, I think it was, was this before we went to Port St. Lucie or after we went to Port St. Lucie? This was the Knicks game that we went to, right? We're sitting at Jack Dempsey's. Yeah. I'm, uh, and we're having a drink at the bar. <laughs> and we just get, we went into like a 10 minute conversation about how good Bryce Montas de Oca is and how important he could be to this team and how the Mets kind of just relatively pulled him out of thin air and he just throws a hundred. He's got nasty stuff. He's, he's an electric factor. He's a sick arm to have as like, not your main guy he can just come in and pitching games when it's like eight nothing and be disgusting it's when you when you're getting the pitching ninja treatment like in march like you're really doing something right and bryce montes Oka throws 100 miles an hour can get up to 102 and it got 20 inches yeah. of break sometimes <laughs> it's it's ridiculous like he look he's like, he's like if dustin may put on 50 pounds <laughs> and, and he's and out there just inches. throwing yeah. bullets yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, I think Dustin is pretty tall. He's sneaky. He's, he's, he's a string bean, but he's he's got some sneaky height. But Monta Steoka, man, he's it's we we this this is, this is incredible. Dustin May six what, what, six. What, what was that gasp? I told you he's really wow, big. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think he throws a hundred? I just thought he was a freak. Monta Steoka though is six. Monta Steoka six seven two seventy <laughs> though. So there's no there's no two ways about it here. But Monta Steoka comes from Missouri, which has been lauded as one of the best pitching laboratories in Not all sure, of college sir. baseball and all of the SEC. Yeah, Max Scherzer. Yeah, Max Scherzer, alma mater. He and he's got this freaking color and this sinker, and they just they're like they're 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 witchcraft voodoo, and you just kind of want a piece of that. He's gonna have options. He's gonna be up and down. He's gonna be able to get ground balls because those are his two primary pitches too. It's like we're gonna probably see some crazy stuff this year from Bryce Montesteoka. He's gonna be a guy who makes it into this bullpen, and I'm really excited. And another sidebar: some people in the mess organization think he looks like a producer Vito. I don't necessarily <laughs> I don't see, see it, it at but all. It's I'm like, sorry, Vito. It's like it's. It's like large guys with long hair, so I kind of yeah, get it. I mean, his headshot actually, I in person, I didn't think he looked like him at all. But I'm looking at his headshot right now, and I think he actually baseball does reference like him. is actually uh, leading me to believe that you guys could be like cousins, yeah. you know, maybe not brothers, but cousins. Vito Montes de Oca. There yeah, I think it's it's really just the eyebrows. I think the eyebrows and the the prominent brow situation is what made yeah a, a specific coworker. Who this is her second straight time getting acknowledged on this show for things having to do with me. But yes, she <laughs> says I she out of nowhere today just says you look like Bryce Montesteoka. Vito, maybe on the since you're the editor of this, you could put a, a picture of him right next to your face and the, the viewers at home can decide whether or not you look like Bryce Montesteoka. What do you think about that? Okay, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna look, I'm gonna smile. And then there'll be a little ding right there. You have you yeah. have just heard a ding and a freeze with that. Exactly. Bryce Montesteoka talk. That's what you get on the Mets Up podcast. We love talking about relievers. I got to give James 30 seconds. Talk about Jeff Brigham. Go. All right. Jeff Brigham, we're seeing some things this spring that I think are useful. He's throwing that slider and it's moving a lot. The fastball, it has crept up in his three outings that he's pitched so far. He did get it to 95 the last start. If that thing is 97 in June, we have a weapon, Mets fans. Just please hang on tight with me and Jeff Brigham because we're going to the promised land together. Dude, we, we have to come up for a name. It's going to be like a Brigham segment that we just like once every episode for Bring like 30 seconds, you just, you just get to talk about Jeff Brigham. Even if he didn't even pitch, he could be in the minors. You just talk about him for a little bit. He came in the like what the fourth inning. He was like the third pitcher off the off the bench in the in spring training opening day, and we just we just got in our voodoo buckets and we're tired from a long draining day. 
And I was like, oh, guys, guys, hold on. Let me watch Brigham. We literally stopped. I was watching him like through the fence in the outfield. I was like, we can't go anywhere. I know we want to eat, but we can't eat right now. I have to watch Jeff Brigham. And we were checking out every single day. The velocity's ticking up. He had the, he had the, the bicep problem last year. If we get to where we want to get to, Bryce Mott to stay okay. Jeff Brigham, Zach Green's look pretty good. His fastball's very deceptive. All the reports were true. It doesn't come in hard, but you just feel like the hitters can't see it. He hides it incredibly well. And he's also got the good slider rocking. So a lot of what we've seen, I've seen our boy William Woods got a strikeout tonight, face two nice. batters. We got we got some stuff going on here we're, with this bullpen. We're cooking really a little bit. We're cooking a little bit. It's going to be interesting, too, because now with the World Baseball Classic starting, there's a lot of players that have left the Mets for spring training right now. I think they... I don't know if they have the most or they're like at least top five most players leaving the organization during spring training to go play in the World Baseball Classic. It's, it's, I think it's it's 11. I heard on the radio the other day listening to the Sunday game with Howie and Keith Rad, yes. new friend, and Pat McCarthy was on the, on the call as well, so two new friends, that the Cardinals, I believe, have 17 players in the organization wow. in WBC. That's it's insane. Ridiculous. And if Team Germany made it, Brendan Donovan probably would have been playing too. They could, you could add in another one. <laughs> And the Mets have 11, which is a lot, but that 17 is ridiculous. That's like 70% of the major league. I'm trying to count all the players. I'm like, my goodness. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is a a ton of the roster. Contreras, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Edmund. Tyler O'Neill. Is he a pet? Oh, Newt. Tyler O'Neill's No, he's on Team Canada. He's Canadian. Oh, I forgot that. Is Uh, Yepes? I I don't know if he's playing. I don't think he is. You have Wainwright. You have Miles Michaelis. Giovanni Gallegos. I, now we're talking. We're turning into a Cardinals podcast here, but we're just trying to see if we can name all the players. Yeah, I mean, it was, Ryan Helsley for Team USA. We, we just got ten. Like yeah. less than Ivan Herrera is there. That's eleven. That, oh, I was gonna name. I don't, I I don't know if I can that. go much longer than this. Yeah. Eleven's, eleven's a good spot. Eleven's a good spot. I don't want to go to their minor league. But yeah, I mean, it's impressive. And but still, alive. I, and, and I, if you guys have been part of the Mess Up Podcast for a while, the World Baseball Classic's a little bit of a meme here, a little bit because I I live for the World Baseball Classic. Right now, we're recording on Tuesday nights, eight o'clock and three hours. We're gonna see first pitch between the Kingdom of the Netherlands and Cuba, which is something that I think like maybe eight year old Mark would have never imagined to say is I'm gonna watch the Netherlands and Cuba play baseball against each other. But the World Baseball Classic is starting. When you guys listen to this, I think Chinese Taipei and Panama might be playing if you're catching it early enough in the morning. I'm unbelievably excited for the World Baseball Classic. I love this event. I'm going to be in Miami for the entirety of it uh, as soon as that pool starts. So if any of you guys are down there and you see me, come say what's up. I'd, I'd love to say hi. James didn't want to join. He's, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. Capitalist James now, you know. I'm, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just so tired. I don't need to go back to Florida about, twice in a month. I can't do that. You're going three times in two months. I was about to say, spending uh, a, like almost a month in Florida for you like feels very not James Shiano. It's very not James. It's not. It's not friendly to the gluten free. It's not friend, friendly to some other habits that I have. And it's just not. It's not. It's not a great. It's not a great place. No, to be but for that uh, it's going to be really exciting. I'm. I'm super pumped. I don't necessarily know. Should we want to do like a World Baseball Classic prediction? I'll tell. Want to go through pools and we'll say who we think is going to make it through. You. You pick the top two teams. Yeah, I think that'd be that fun, a quick prediction. So, Pool A, you have Chinese Taipei, Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, and Panama. If you want any fun facts about these teams, you want to know something, James, just let me know. I, I got it for you. Give me give me the best player on each team. Best player on Chinese Taipei is probably Yu Chang, but I want to shout out Lee Lin. He's a guy who plays in the uh, NPB, and I think he played in the KBO a little bit, mostly in the Chinese Baseball League. He's a really good player, but Yu Chang is a major leaguer. You know him, Zhu Wei Lin, former Met as well. Um, but I would say that's their mm-hmm. best player. 
Okay, now Q, I mean, give, give, give me one player from okay. each team. You don't have to like, you know, right. expand that much. But give me one player in each team. Cuba, Luis Robert, guys that you don't know that you should keep an eye out though for is going to be on the pitching side. Uh, there are two really, really good relievers. Rydiel Martinez is one of them. He throws like 100. Absolutely disgusting. They have a lefty. I forgot his name. I didn't write it down. But they have two relievers to keep an eye out for. Uh, Italy, Vinny Pasquantino. You guys have heard about him. He plays for the Royals. I think this is going to be a little bit of the Vinny Pasquantino coming out party for maybe the more general baseball world because he's stuck in Kansas City where they stink. But that dude is a hitter. He's kind of like, it's like a really lazy comp, I think. But he's a little bit of like a young Freddie Freeman in the way that he hits. Uh, just kind of can hit the ball to all field. Doesn't strike out. Gets on base. And doesn't have the crazy power that a lot of other first guests have. Uh, in terms of Netherlands, the best player on that team is going to be Xander Bogarts. They just they have Major League Baseball players. It's it's Aruba, Curacao, and people from the Netherlands, so that'll be interesting. Kenley Jansen joins if they make it to the next round. Panama, little weak, but they do have Jose Ramos, who is a Dodgers prospect. I think you guys should keep an eye out for him. He's at least, to me, the most exciting player on that roster. And pitching-wise, they do have a Met, Umberto Mejia. He's in the minors for the Mets. Can I ask a question about the World Baseball yeah. Classic? I'm seeing there's four groups of five teams each. Who moves on to the next round? Yeah, I mean, like the top two teams make it. So who who are your top two from this? With with that knowledge I just gave you, <laughs> Cuba and the Netherlands. Okay, I, listen, I think those I think those they, are the two favorites. I'm going uh, I'm going Netherlands, Italy, just to be a good Italian. Got to see the boys and the Azuri go through. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Italy to be the, the second place team. <laughs> I feel like Azuri's really a reserve oh, for, for, for sure. For sure. Soccer fans are probably cringing out there. If there are any that listen to this, it's probably not a big crossover. Venn diagram really doesn't mix there. Pool B, we have Australia, China, Czech Republic, Japan, and Korea. This one's pretty straightforward. I think this is probably the most straightforward group of them all. It's going to be in Japan and Korea. I'm not going to let you pick anybody else. I don't think you would either. Uh, both of those teams are really good. I love. I like that Australia like is here because they have their own baseball league. It's probably one of the more successful on planet Earth, relatively to like all the like as much baseballs played. And they're just all those guys are like kind of just they are just small. a little small. <laughs> like, they did, yeah. They had a funny TikTok one around the other day. It was like I think actually it was the Czech team. It was like, "What's yeah. your day job?" <laughs> it was like teacher, accountant. <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, now we're playing baseball yeah, for no, the month." It's it's, 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 it's really cool, especially because the Czech Republic in their qualifiers got smacked by Spain. I think they lost like nineteen to one, and then beat them in the finals, which is really cool. That's a that's an interesting one for you there. But uh, I'll give you some names here: Japan, Shohei mm-hmm. Otani, duh. But Munitaka Murakami, that's the guy you got to keep an eye out for. Broke the that's record the for MPB home runs last year as the Japanese Professional Baseball League. He's he's a stud. He's sick. Yeah, and he's he's a guy who's going to come stateside in a few years, and looks like he's going to go crazy. If you guys want to just look him up on Twitter today, he hit a wicked home run off of Yu Darvish in live VP, put it to the moon. He has he's like one of those like short compact power hitters. Like he kind of looks like Nolan Gorman if Nolan Gorman was good, <laughs> just to keep on the Cardinal stuff. And he just <laughs> and he just you know he's like six one, just completely yoked out. Like no one looks like him in the whole country of Japan. I don't know where he came from, but. <laughs> And Roki Sasaki on the pitching side. He is the young pitching phenom that will be coming over. Throws 100 and has like a devastating splitter. He's he's a freak. Everyone will know these names when the tournament's done because Japan might win the entire thing. They're really good. For Korea, Tommy Edmonds, the big name that you will know, but you got to keep an eye out for Lee Jung-Hoo, who won the KBO MVP. He's just straight up one of the best all-around hitters uh, in this entire tournament. He's really, really good. And I think it came out last week that he's set to post. Yes, he is. Uh, So keep an eye out for him. He's going to be coming stateside eventually. Kwang Young Kim on the pitching side, a former major leaguer that you guys know. For Australia, not a lot. Their only guy who's played in the majors is Aaron Whitefield. And just like me and James, you probably don't know who that guy is. Um, Sorry, Australia. You're going to get smoked probably every game. 
Uh, China does not really have anybody. Chinese baseball is developing. They're, they're learning. But I want to give a shout out to Alan Zhang Carter. He is a college player who went undrafted that the Angels just signed this winter. So it's going to be a big, big moment for Alan Zhang Carter. He's in the uh, Angels organization. Came out of like a small D2, D3 school in uh, college, which is really cool. Czech Republic, I actually do have names for you, which is really funny. I have Merrick Chlup. Merrick Chlup, that's C-H-L-U-P. Keep an eye out for him. He plays at North Greenville University. This dude is a ball player. He hits absolute nukes. I'm really excited to see him because it could really help his draft stock. On the pitching side, two really young guys, Michael Kovala and Boris Vaserka. They both throw in the mid-90s. Vaserka, Boris, he can touch 100, and he's on a major league, uh, or not a major league, he's on a minor league roster. I don't know what team, but keep an eye out for them. We know what that one's going to look like. Now for the fun pools, for the ones that you guys are probably more excited for. Pool C, got the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. Who, who you got coming out of this one? I think it's a little closer. This, I mean, definitely the U.S. I really sneaky like Mexico's roster. I was looking I at it the too. other day. They have a good blend of people. I think they're going to be the team that kind of like puts, that kind of takes a step forward this year and kind of lets them know. A lot more Mexican players have been getting to the major leagues the last few years. Led by Jose Arquidi, Julio Urias. I think that is a hitter. I can't remember right now. Is Yepes? No, Yepes is not. No, they're no. the. I mean, Randy Rosarain is playing for Team Mexico because he's not playing for Team Cuba. He's playing for Team oh, Mexico. I think uh, either his mother or father are Mexican. Um, they they have a lot. Verdugo's there. Alec Thomas. You have Jaron Duran as well around the mm. infield. You have some really good players. Taiwan's on the team. Old Taiwan. Friend. They have one of the better pitching staffs, honestly, in the entire thing. Um, not not a lot of great pitching in this tournament. It's actually. I'm looking at it right now. They have a pretty deep, like a shockingly yes. deep pitching staff. Sandoval, Urias, Urquidy, Taiwan. Like that's as a star, as far as starters go with Javier Assad, kind of a swingman, Cesa, Gallegos. Yeah. Ali Perez he, is he, pitching. If in they this? make it to the next round, Holy I think he has the ability crap. to play. Oh, this is good. Rowdy. Rowdy tell us. This is good. Rowdy, Jonathan Aranda, Race Prospect, Joey Meneses, Joey Baseball, Isaac Paredes. Luis Urias, even Alan Trejo can swing it a little bit. This is, yeah, seems, seems kind of decent. Alec Thomas, Jaron, Jaron Duran, I got athletic Oh, yeah, outfield. 100%. So, I mean, for me, I got U.S. and Mexico moving on. Canada is, I, I feel like, a little overhyped right now. They have Freddie Freeman and Cal Quantrill and Tyler O'Neill, but there's there's kind of not like that that big star power. But keep an eye out for Edward Julian, the uh, Twins prospect, who is torching spring training, and he's probably going to play second base every day for them. He's a good ball player. Matt Brash, too, is on oh, team. Oh, he Canada. is. I didn't know that. I forget Matt Brash. Probably the craziest slider. Also, in the keep an eye out for Harry Ford on Team Great Britain. Young catching prospect. He is by far their best hitter. Uh, he's pretty sick. Keep, and Vance Worley's playing on Team Great Britain. Oh, and I just even look at still in Canada. Bo Naylor, exciting Guardians yes. prospect. Yeah. So Canada's like a little unproven, I think. I think Mexico's a little bit more of a safer pick, but should be a good, good pool out in Arizona. For the final pool, the one I'll be at Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Israel and Nicaragua, you're not making it through because you're talking about three of the best playing baseball countries in the entire world in one bracket or one pool. It's the group of death, essentially. One of them's not making it through the next round, which is crazy. All these teams are loaded. Who do you who do you like out of this one? Um, I mean, I'm, I really like the captain of Team Puerto Rico, it's Francisco Lindor, but it seems like just looking at their rosters, it's going to be between Puerto Rico and Venezuela. And I think Venezuela's roster is a little bit better, but Puerto Rico's vibes are a little bit better. Elite vibes, in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, just yeah, unbelievable vibes in that team. It's it's going to it's it's good. Dominican Republic is going to, I think, do some pretty. They have probably the best lineup that's ever going to be assembled in the baseball game that we're ever going to see in our lives. Team USA's. Otherwise, things can be a dog. Team USA's lineup is pretty insane. 
Uh, dude, Dominican Republic lineup is, is I think, Well, they lost Vlad Jr. That does hurt a little bit. They did lose Vlad. Actually, losing, losing Vlad Jr. does hurt because they also don't really have an obvious guy to play first base now. I'm assuming it's going to be Devers that plays there. Should be. And then, one, and then you stick Machado over third. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. But Dominican Republic, you just can tell how sick they are because everyone's just a shortstop. <laughs> Whole team, so a bunch William of Dames or Jeremy Pena won't make the starting lineup. Think about that. Or yeah, Wander. It's, it's nuts. They're they're absolutely loaded. For me, I was going Dominican and Venezuela too. As much as I would love to really rep the Mets, because there's a couple of them on Puerto Rico. It's tough. It's tough. There's going to be a group of death. I can't wait to see these games. Uh, it should be really fun. World Baseball Classic, like we said, starts. Well, it's already started when you guys are listening to this. It, it's happening the night that we're recording this. Can't wait to watch Netherlands versus Cuba at eleven o'clock out in Taiwan. Before we close out, who's your prediction? Who over who in the finals? I went with, it's going to be a video that goes up on my YouTube channel, but um, I went USA versus Dominican Republic in the finals, and I had Team USA. Uh, it's it's boring. It's chalk. I get it. But like there, there seems to be a clear tier of the three best teams. It's USA, Dominican, and Japan. There were three of the four teams in my semifinals, and let's go Team USA. I'm going to be a homer. Let's go America. Yeah, I'm going USA over Japan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Japan always just need, just just gets their way to the finals of this. They take this time. tournament Last time more they didn't, seriously but I think than they're anybody. The the World Baseball Classic is is super important. It's like a huge pride thing. A lot of these guys like play to get to the Japanese national team, where Team USA is just starting to kind of get those big names like Trout and Mookie Betts on the team. And as on the hitting side too, the pitching side, Japan, Roki Sasaki and Shohei Otani might actually be. Two of the four best pitchers in this then, entire thing. So I think that I think it's then you got you Darvish, who's pretty good too. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's ridiculous. Dominican Republic does have great pitching too, because they're going to have Sandy Al- Alcantara and Luis Garcia and Christian Javier running the top three there. But not many other stars behind them. Their bullpen is going to be <laughs> their bullpen is going to be so amazing. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> Camilo Duvall, Daniel Dos Santos, Hector Neris, oh Rafael God. Montero. These are, these are the crazy stuff, and Brian yeah. Abreu. Diego Castillo, holy Genesis Cabrera, lefty throws ninety six. Oh, you yeah, know they God. got some heat, and honestly, so that's sick. when the heat can't wait to watch. He gets turned up when the relievers get in. I'll never forget Edwin Diaz in the World Baseball Classic in L.A. Team Puerto Rico versus the Netherlands versus Vladimir Ballantin, who I can't wait to see swing the bat tonight because he only tries to hit nukes. He doesn't care about anything else. But when Edwin Diaz and him went head to head, Diaz threw one up and in. Ballantin said, "Come get me," and then Diaz threw three fastballs right by him. It's an electric moment. If you haven't checked it out, go look it up on YouTube. I think that's enough of the World Baseball Classic talk, though. I think that's also enough of this episode. We're 45 minutes in. We got to talk about baseball games. We got to talk about stats. We got to talk about Jeff Brigham and relievers. I'm so excited that baseball is back. See, I still snuck it in, James. I snuck it in at the end of the episode. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Whatever you're doing, we do appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on our social media, at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, review, download, and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And follow me at Giraffe Mark with a C. Thank you guys for enjoying the podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode of The Met Stuff. Peace.